This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you on Friday, match days eve, of course, Manchester United will play tomorrow. But uh, I can only really start in one place. Well, first of all, let me start, as always, by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal way. There'll be a show over there at 10 a.m. this morning. But the main thing that I want to talk to you about uh, this morning was this. Um, it, thank you so much to everybody who joined us last night. Um at the Hippodrome in Leicester Square. Honestly, the turnout was amazing. Um, it, there was a point, uh, and if, you know, if you're here for the news, you may have to wait a few minutes because I'm going to talk about this just briefly. Um, there was a part last night where me, Sophie, and Dan, basically, if you're not aware, uh, the Highbury Squads and Lead Judges TV hosted a live uh, Arsenal podcast last night um, at, uh, at the Hippodrome in Leicester Square. Kev Campbell uh, was our special guest. Myself and Harry Simu from the Chronicles of Guna were special guests. Uh, and Dan Potts, of course, with Lee, uh, was there with Sophie, of course. And there was this point, um, <laughs> we were in this room before uh, we actually went off to, to the, the, the the roof where we were holding it. And um, <laughs> Sophie was getting so worried that he didn't think anyone was going to turn up. And uh, she got this text and all of a sudden, like her face just lit up because someone had texted her saying, it's filling up, Soph. Like, it's, it's, it's filling up. There's loads of people. <laughs> and there was. And we went upstairs and I couldn't believe how packed it was on this on this rooftop um, that they'd, say, they'd laid out for us. Uh, thank you to everybody who came out. Thank you to everybody who got involved, um, who stayed around afterwards. So many people. Uh, we had chats with so many people I got to meet for the first time. Um, thank you, Stephen, for this photo as well and for everyone who took photos uh, throughout the evening. And uh, it's yeah, just great. Uh, a really great experience, a really great honour to, to chat Arsenal. Uh, the fact that, you know, I, I started doing podcasts back in 2015, uh, jumping on a Burkhart Wonderland with Danny and, and the gang um, and obviously moved over to TGT with Craig and then took on TGT and was still teaching uh and then two years ago decided you know what teaching is just not for me and i'm not happy in the job that i'm doing so i quit teaching and thought i'm going to throw myself into the world of football 
got a job in journalism, now working at Football London and doing this as, as full-time as feasibly possible. And to say that you can sit on a panel alongside five brilliant people, including former Arsenal striker Kevin Campbell, is a genuine honour and it's it really vindicates that decision and it gives you that sense of humility, if you like, um, that I made the right choice. And yeah, it means a lot. And also, for those that were there or watching live, Kev gave us these uh, commemorative coins um, as as a nice gesture. They are very nice. In fact, I hold them up to the camera so you can see them. Um, but these official Arsenal coins, which is it's a genuine, really beautiful kind of coin, although the missus did turn around and say, it was a little bit like an, a Charlton badge. <laughs> to be fair, it, the black and the gold and the red, you can see why she said that. Um, but good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box. Good morning to everybody that joined us uh, last night, of course, as well. And good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be. I met so many people last night. I can't go through everybody's names because, you know, I'll just end up being rude and forget uh, someone. Lynn, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Lynn was there last night. I'll tell you what. Lynn, you, you set Sophie off last night with your question. If you haven't tuned in, you can go and watch the actual whole show. Uh, it's in two parts. You can watch the first part on Lee Judges TV. You can watch the second part on the Highbury Squad. The second part uh, with the Q&A with the crowd. Oh, Lynn, you set Sophie off last night. <laughs> question about Arteta was always going to do that, but it was great seeing so many people. Uh, and thank you so much for 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 turning out and for coming out, uh, David. Good morning to you, to Bruce, to Colin, to Anthony as well. Uh, to be honest, it's not as bad. Uh, the hangover is not that bad. I didn't. Uh, to be honest, I've been trying to not trying like saying I'm trying to cut back, but I've been considering stopping drinking entirely. Um, probably going to do that after the wedding, just for the benefit of of just being healthier. Um, there was a funny moment uh, in the lift, actually, with Stephen Foote, who joins us in the chat. And good morning, Stephen, if you're listening. And I know that I talk a lot about um, trying to lose weight uh, ahead of the wedding, of course. Uh, and it's something that I'm trying to do as best I can. And, and drinking certainly is not something that you should ever do if you want to try and do that. Um, <laughs> if you ever don't want to try and do that. And we got in the lift, me, Dan and Harry. And this guy comes in um, and introduces himself as Stephen. And he's like... I thought you were fat, Tom. <laughs> it was just one of those funny moments, and it was great, which obviously made me feel a lot better about myself, of course, but it was just great. Um, and there was lots of moments like that, speaking to people, speaking to listeners. Um, so thank you to everybody that turned out. Thank you to everybody that came, and a massive thank you to Sophie, Kev, Dan, uh, Lee and Harry, of course, and uh, and Dave behind the scenes as, as, as well, did an amazing job setting everything up. So it was great. Um, and thank you so much um, for tuning in. It's great. Um, anyway, you're here for the news beyond anything else. Uh, thank you to Ashwin for rejoining as a member. Uh, really appreciate your support as always, mate. But let's crack on with things and uh, start off with our first story of the day. Now, Lewis Hamilton, a well-known Arsenal fan, is said to be very interested in buying um, a, a portion, uh, a very small portion, despite the fact it's going to cost about £10 million, uh, of Chelsea in the latest takeover scenario. And Max Verstappen, fellow F1 driver, has already had a comment on this saying he thought that he was an Arsenal fan. I don't really know how I feel about this, to be honest. Like, I like Lewis Hamilton, personally. He's, he's, I support him. He's British. Um, in the F1 races and he's an Arsenal fan which obviously makes it a lot easier too but I say it makes it easier uh, but he's a, he's a person that obviously I know divides opinion and people got get bored when people win the, the championship over and over and over again but uh, it is odd seeing him 
involved in a Chelsea takeover considering he is such a big Arsenal fan. Hopefully it's uh, a sabotage. Uh, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. You know, getting the little portion of the club owned by him, they can little sabotage it from the inside out. That's uh, that's what we want to see. So, Lewis, best of luck with sabotaging Chelsea. An interesting bit of news, though, coming out um, yesterday was that Arsenal are still very much open and keen to keep Eddie and Ketty at the club. I know that this is a story that you are obviously going to see. Um, <laughs> we are obviously going to see uh, <laughs> come out after his goals against Chelsea. It was always going to happen. Um, but I'm not surprised because we've never really taken the, the contract off the table for Eddie and Ketia. Mikel Arteta has continuously always said that he wants to see Eddie and Ketia sign a new deal, stay at the club because they believe there's a place for him. I personally think that despite what we saw from him against Chelsea, it doesn't make too much sense for Nketia to stay, not from his perspective or the club's perspective. I think there is an, a need to move on. Um, and I think there's a need for Arsenal to sign that world-class forward. And for Eddie's perspective, if you're going to see a world-class striker come in and you've been talking about how you need to be given a run of games, etc., are you really going to be encouraged to stay at a club when they're going to go and invest however many millions of pounds in a new striker? Probably not. But reports indicate that Eddie Nketiah will, um, is, is still, well, very much the club are still very interested in getting him to sign that new contract. Cody Gakpo remains uh, a very big target of Arsenal's. Uh, talks between his representatives and Arsenal's are supposedly underway, and Arsenal have made significant efforts to try and lead the race to sign Cody Gakpo from PSV. Obviously, scorer uh, in the Dutch Cup final and has scored a significant number of goals. I think he's on 17 or 18 now and still got 15, 16 assists this season as well. An incredible return and a player that I very much like. I see a lot of Thierry Henry in him from his left wing kind of position, his height, his speed, his finishing. And I see that ability for him to be transformed into a centre-forward. It's not just that, and you don't want to call him the next Thierry Henry, but there's just, you know, there's those elements to his game that I like. And I think that that height and the physicality, as well as his speed, is something that Arsenal really lack in a forward. Is someone not only with speed, but with presence. And I think that Gakpo, and creativity too, and Gakpo certainly would provide that to Arsenal. So if he is to be someone that we look at signing this summer, we should be going exceptionally hard for the Dutch international. Now, Yuri Tielemans, according to uh, our good friend of the channel, actually, Ben Jacobs from CBS Sports, who we spoke to in January, told us a lot about the Dusan Vlaovic situation. Uh, he's reporting that Arsenal are very much leading the race for Yuri Tielemans of Leicester. Could be available for as little as £25 million. In yesterday's live show, uh, I know that Kev and Judges both said that they would take Yuri Tielemans as their Premier League experience midfielder. I said I'd take James Madison. I think that he would suit that left number eight role that Jack is currently employing of a more creative attacking way. But Tillemans, if we were to sign him for 25 million, would be an absolute steal for Arsenal. Very interested in seeing that deal take place. And hopefully it's something that we can do because I think it would be a really good move if we could. I know he's not been the best this season. We all know that. He's not at the best of years. I think he's been unsettled. It's, it's not a, a great kind of season to look at him as... Um, committed to Leicester and so therefore putting in the performances that you'd expect to see him if he was settled and ready and knew, knowing what was going on I think that that'd be different I think if you look at his performances last season you get a much better idea of what the Tiuri Tielemans you can get I think it'd be a really strong move for Arsenal to make in the summer transfer window now there remains continuous links to Jonathan David uh, Arsenal are said to be very keen on bringing Jonathan David to the club this summer 
I did a piece on this yesterday, actually, talking about how Eddie Nketiah managed 24 pressures during the game against Chelsea, which is an incredibly high number. To give you a bit of context, Jonathan David ranks in the 89th percentile of forwards for pressures per 90, and the 89th percentile is high. Basically, for those that aren't in the know, that means he ranks of the 89th percent. So those top 11% of players, he's up there with the amount of pressures that they're putting in, which is excellent. And I think that when you consider that he's putting in an average of 19 pressures per game and Eddie Nketiah put in 24, considering that ranking, it shows what we've lacked. I loved Nketiah's energy. I loved the way he pressed the opposition up top and, you know, eventually got that opening goal because of it. We need a player with that kind of work rate. We need a player with that kind of energy and dynamism about them. Uh, I think that's certainly something that we need to look to. Uh, and Jonathan David would bring us that and we continue to be linked uh, with him, which gives us a very positive outlook on things as well. Now, Lataro Martinez uh, is our headline story of the day because Arsenal, according to Gazeta della Sport, are leading a race to sign him. Now, I take this with quite a large pinch of salt, me. I think that he's a player that will probably move somewhere else. But for Arsenal to be linked with him and leading the race supposedly is a positive sign, of course. Why wouldn't it be? I wouldn't get my hopes up about signing Lataro Martinez. I just think that he's not, I don't think he'll end up being the striker that we go for. But I would absolutely be interested in signing him. I think he's a brilliant talent, still young, 24 years of age, coming into his mid 20s, which means he's approaching his prime years too. Great time to invest if we are going to move for him. I think he does work better in a top two rather than as a lone striker. But he can play as a lone striker and has done that for Argentina. I think Lukaku has struggled without Lataro Martinez next to him, of course. Would that happen if he was to come to Arsenal? Would he struggle? Who knows? We'd have to wait and see. But that is all of today's news. We're going to go through some of your questions now in the chat box. Uh, anything that you'd like to ask, throw in. If you want to ask anything from last night's uh, live event, please do. If you want to ask anything about transfers, please do. The floor is yours. Go Mads. And uh, we'll be back straight after this small break. Lovely stuff. Okay. Uh, Manu says, uh, surely... Part of Balogun signing a new contract involved Eddie leaving. I know that's not a clause that he can enforce, but I can't imagine him signing a deal as the third choice striker. It's interesting, isn't it? Because supposedly we offered Enketia a new deal despite renewing um, Balogun's contract, which makes very little sense. Uh, why would you renew Balogun's contract and then try and renew Enketia when your idea is to sign not just one, but two forwards in the summer transfer window? I understand where you're coming from. I don't know. Um, I don't know what we will do. I don't know what will happen. I imagine if Nketiah does sign a new deal, um, it would be more so to protect his value again and maybe stay for one more season before leaving uh, permanently. And maybe then Balogun goes out on loan in the Premier League next year while they prepare him for the future. It's very, very difficult. Uh, Alizar says, what do you think of Ivan Tony? I like him from a footballing perspective. I don't particularly like him from a personal perspective. I think the way he talks about Brentford... Um, on social feeds is disgusting, quite frankly. And if it was an Arsenal player talking about Arsenal like that, I'd want them gone immediately. If I look past that, and I'm a, I'm a forgiving person, and I'm all for second chances, um, and I look purely at his footballing ability, I think he would add a lot of quality to Arsenal. Um, I said at the start of this season, do you remember all the way back in the summer when we were doing our transfer videos, I was very cautious about Ivan Tony. wasn't too keen on him. And I said I wanted to see what he was like in the Premier League. Started the season really well. Midway through the season, had a bit of a drought. 
Christian Eriksen's come in and that added creativity has really stepped up Ivan Tony's game. In fact, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him do the business against Spurs. Um, although that being said, will Christian Eriksen want Spurs uh, to lose that game? It's, it's a really difficult one for him. You hope that he would be a professional and give his absolute all to try and beat them. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, we'll... Will be it'll be interesting how that game goes down. But Ivan Tony is certainly one on my list of strikers that I would consider. But I'd want some reassurances about kind of his, you know, how he behaves because that's not the best. And maybe that would put Arteta off of a deal as well. Rohan says, if you could do a realistic swap deal with a club from the big six, who would you swap and why? Um, do you mean individual players, Rohan? Because if you do, I mean, you can't really look past. Harry Kane or Hume Son because you'd be nicking one of them off Spurs first of all and swapping them out with like a Lacazette so I think that's the obvious thing to say from a tactical and quality standpoint um, I don't think that's realistic um, so a realistic swap deal <laughs> um, oh it's a good question what's a realistic swap deal you have to look at some of the players that have been underperforming where they are and you think that you could probably get more from those players. Um, I look at someone like Jaden Sancho at Manchester United, who I think has been underperforming and not really helped to where he's at. Donny van der Beek, of course, is another one at Manchester United. At Chelsea, I really like Mason Mount. I really like Mason Mount. <laughs> I, I shouldn't because he's a Chelsea player, but I can't help it. He's English, of course, which does help too from an England perspective, but he'd be someone I would be very, very interested in signing. Uh, ben Chilwell, um, of course, if you were to swap him with Kieran Tierney, I'd be open to that, although both of them have their injury issues, as we know. Um, who I mean, Man City and Liverpool. I just don't think you can realistically swap someone with. Um, unfortunately, if we were to add a little bit of experience, Ilke Gundogan for Xhaka. I don't think Man City would take Xhaka, and I don't think you know Gundogan would want to leave. But Gundogan's a great, a great player to have in the middle of the park for his experience and what he would bring to the team. So that's someone that I'd certainly be interested in. But I'm not sure swap deals with those teams are going to happen realistically, Rohan. So it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Uh, let's scroll up a little bit more. I saw a feedback quote, and I appreciate feedback in the chat box. Dave, here we go. Hey, Tom, love your work, mate. Just some feedback on your thumbnail on the Arsenal lounge vids. You look like a mid-90s spiky-haired thug, <laughs> which doesn't do the kind intellectual self-justice. Dave... I mean, it's taken off of uh, my Twitter account. I didn't realise that that's the way I looked. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I will ask uh, Shahida Lev to change it to the Arsenal way one if I can. <laughs> if I really look like a thug, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Um, but I appreciate the feedback always. That's really kind. Uh, Afsar's Tom, you spoke very well yesterday and I watched the full show. Thanks, Afsar. That's really kind of you. Um, I still need to watch it back. I can't, I'll tell you what, there's a funny story actually from the show that I didn't see. Something that I talk about a lot on the channel is um, obviously we kind of have a no, we have, well, not kind of, we have a no abuse, um, no, it's not the right word to use other than abuse. It's just a no abuse rule. If people abuse the players, abuse the manager, or abuse my guests, abuse me, they're gone. They're just blocked. And so that's why we probably have the most blocked number of accounts of any other YouTube channel in the Arsenal community. Uh, but the thing is, obviously, when I go onto other channels, those aren't blocked um, and they can comment. And I have no ability to really respond in a way that I would respond on the channel because it's down to the other channel about how they deal with their listeners. And that's fine. Everyone's entitled to do what they want to do. I treat it the way I treat it. Other people treat it the way they treat it. But it's quite funny because there was a guy last night and I was speaking to Harry and Dan about this um, who clearly didn't agree with my opinion when I was speaking because every time I spoke, this guy at the back was just like, 
just shaking his head. It was so funny. Um, because when Dan started to talk, and of course me and Dan Potts are very good friends and uh, have very different views on the manager. And when Dan Potts was talking, he was going, <laughs> it was just the funniest thing. Um, fair play to him for sticking to his guns on that. I just thought it was great. I didn't see him afterwards, to be fair. Um, didn't come in and have a chat or anything, probably unsurprisingly. Um, but it was just so funny. And I, <laughs> when Harry started talking, no, <laughs> it was great commitment. It was, I loved it. It was so good. And that's the thing about the audience is that I, c I can only see your comments when I'm doing a show. But when you're in the crowd and you're in front of a crowd, which is a, a completely new dynamic to me, it's the feedback of the crowd so good. The only issues last night was the people at the back couldn't really hear what we were saying. Because while you could hear watching on the stream, there wasn't like speakers blaring them through. So if you thought we were shouting into the microphones, it was because we were trying to help the people at the back hear what we were saying. In fact, some of the people at the back of the crowd were watching it on their phone at the same time with their headphones in to try and listen. Because it was only like a half a second behind. Um, but it was still a really good night. But I just loved that. That was great. I, I love the commitment to, I disagree with you. I'm going to shake my head at you all the time you're talking. <laughs> it was hilarious. Fair play to that man. Um, AFC West Mid says, I'm worried about top four race. It will affect the players we sign, um, the Champions League and Europa League. Of course it will affect the players we sign. Of course it will. Uh, I, I know I've used my analogy of 100 doors over and over again, but it makes sense. It, all the doors are open nearly if you get to the Champions League. If you don't, not all of them close, but obviously you're restricted in what you're able to do. And that's that's what you're you know capable of seeing. Uh, number one lover says, have you seen the stats from Ismail Banassa, uh, our former Arsenal player? He came through the Arsenal youth and we let him go uh, to Empoli and then he's gone to AC Milan where he's done very, very well. Maybe he's someone that we should be looked to bring in. We actually had a buyback clause um, when he went from Empoli to AC Milan and we didn't activate. I think it was 20 million euros or something at the time. And we didn't activate it. We just let him go to um, to AC Milan and he's done very well and become one of the best midfielders in the league. So uh, definitely one we, we probably got wrong uh, and probably unfortunately got wrong. So there you go. Um, Abdul Rahman says, Tom, did you see where Turkish said Thiago is better than Sesk? It's his opinion but I don't understand it. Look, Thiago Alcantara is, for my money, top three centre midfielders in the world. And I've said that for a number of years. Is he better than Cesc Fabregas? He's different. He's a different player to Cesc Fabregas. Thiago is your orchestrator. Thiago is your Luka Modric style, of uh, who I rate as a higher player. Um, but I just, I look at what Thiago does and he's an orchestrator. Cesc was definitely pulled strings, but he was more offensive. And I think, you know... Because of that, uh, it's difficult to compare them. Very, very difficult. Um, I, I like Thiago a lot. When he was leaving Bayern Munich, I was championing the idea of bringing him in. Uh, despite his age, I just think he would have added so much quality to our midfield. And I'm gutted that Liverpool got him because we absolutely should have tried to get him. Um, so there you go. Um, <laughs> Edwin, uh, yeah, pray to whoever you like. We're going to need everything we can to support us on Saturday. So uh, keep the faith. Uh, Dog says, if the Cronkies' goal is to push for the title next season, who would you sign? Well, I hope their ambition is to. I question whether it is or not. Who would I sign if we want to push for a title? We need to sign some world-class players. Um, that's And the central midfield is a really interesting one because finding a world-class central midfielder that we can actually get is going to be tough. And Yuri Tillemans is not world-class yet. He's got potential to be world-class, sure. 
Um, Ruben Neves, not world-class yet, got potential to be world-class. Fabio Ruiz, again, got potential to be world-class. But they're not world-class. We need to find your Gundawans of this world that are that good, but you only usually find those players when they're in their latter stage of their career and they're usually very, very expensive. It's going to be very, very difficult to try and find that central midfielder. I am shocked that no one has really pushed Lazio for Milinkovic-Savic. He's one of those players that has been at Lazio for a long time and, you know, he's kind of one of those... He's a bit like Marek Hamšík at Napoli where a player who is of a world-class level remains with their kind of team that isn't really... is in this kind of grey area um, of competing in Europe in the Europa League but never really pushing to move to a big team. And Milinkovic-Savic, for me, falls into that category. Uh, an attacking midfielder, someone I think that would play the, the attacking midfield role really well for us and would add, but he's versatile as well and he adds a lot to the central part of the midfield. I think Milinkovic-Savic, if it's possible to get him, and I don't know what his contract situation is off the top of my head, I don't know if he'd even be gettable, would certainly be someone that we should be looking at. And I don't know why no one has not really looked at Milinkovic-Savic at all. I might be speaking not knowing something about him, but um, we'll have to wait and see. Coop Miners, Vishal, yes. Another really good option that we missed out on from RZ and has gone to Atalanta and again done very very well since moving there Matt says are you worried about Aaron Ramsdale's form he looks very shaky at the moment and playing out from the back is not at its usual standard I think that the thing about Aaron Ramsdale is that there was always a bit of a crash we were waiting to see he was performing out of his skin a different absolute level we've seen from Aaron Ramsdale there was always going to be a period where he wasn't playing to the absolute maximum I think he suffered from not having his, his fullbacks available I think that the width that those fullbacks of Tommy Asu and Tini provided to Ramsdale helped him, helped the back line. And I think all of those things are connected. I think he played some passes against Chelsea that actually, again, really highlighted what he is capable of doing. There was a pass he played into Martin Odegaard that was really good. Um, so I think there is potential there still from Ramsdale to show us what he's capable of between now and the end of the season. But no, I'm not worried yet. I don't. I think that it was harsh to really blame him for that first goal against Chelsea. I think the deflection took it away from him. I think he was unsighted. I think that was harsh to really criticise him for that one. I can say he should have saved it, but I, I think it was harsh. Um, I think he was unsighted. I think it was curling away from him and it was a deflected effort. All of the, all of the rules of goalkeeping was against him in that moment. So I will forgive him for that. Uh, Lin says, I love Dan last night. However, if the Cronkies not that ambitious, everything is hypothetical because all the managers he mentioned have access to an open checkbook. I want to do a show talking about Arteta. I want to get listeners on because last night it was great seeing people's differing opinions. And when there's six people on a panel, obviously it's very difficult to try and come back. I tried to throw some questions back Dan uh, and Lee's way throughout the show. So it wasn't just like, you know, question and answer. And I was trying to prompt uh, a little bit more of a, a discussion, especially with um, the Arteta stuff. And I'd love to do more of a phone-in show. What I will say is that uh, I reached out to a number of people after the Southampton defeat about coming on the show and doing a phone-in about Mikel Arteta. And a lot replied, to be fair. And that's a difference uh, that a lot of people replied because usually they shy away. Uh, but it was great to see so many people coming back to me about coming on the channel and talking about Mikel Arteta. But frustratingly, and probably rather predictably, after we beat Chelsea, all of a sudden... They've stopped replying. Not all of them, and I need to catch up on some of them, but a fair few of them have stopped replying all of a sudden, which is a shame because, you know, I know that we won, and I know that undermines part of the argument if you're Arteta out. Um, but that was a shame because I really, you know, I, 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 I had more respect than that, and I thought people would come on and have a genuine chat about it. 
Um, Manu says, do you see Schlutterbeck uh, going to Bayern this summer? Um, also, have you had a chance to check out Vanderson at Monaco? Would love to see him replace Cedric. I haven't had a chance to check out Vanderson at a two. Uh, Schlotterbeck, is he the left back at Cologne? Um, or am I thinking of someone else? Uh, no, Freiburg. Uh, who am I? Th- oh, Katterback, I'm thinking of. So many backs uh, in the team. Uh, Nick Schlotterbeck, uh, who plays for Freiburg. I don't know anything about him. Centre-back, 22-year-olds. Uh, very interesting, uh, unless you're talking about a different player. Um, but uh, I've not seen anything of him, but he's rated very highly, 25.2 million pounds. Uh, I tell you what, since I stopped playing FIFA, you genuinely do lose out on some of your football knowledge and learning certain players and who's like in the team of the week and stuff. You know, actually playing FIFA turns out does help your football knowledge of understanding what players are about. And I think that's if you don't watch loads of football, you don't have time to watch loads of football. It certainly does help. So uh, the there you go. Schlotterbeck has a dreadful haircut, says number one lover. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, we can't sign him then because he has a dreadful haircut because we've never had players with awful haircuts, have we? Never. <laughs> Simon says, do you think that Eddie had extra motivation to perform against Chelsea as they released him? Yeah, he said it um, in the post-match interview. He said he's always got a bit of a chip on his shoulder because obviously they let him go. So yeah, I hope that that means that he doesn't revert to form. Um, as you say there, Simon, I hope that he continues this and I hope he has a point to prove. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Oki says, Tom, I agree that Thiago is an excellent orchestrator, but I don't think that he would have fit into this Arsenal team. He's a luxury player and our midfield needs two uh, runners. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't describe Xhaka Oki as a runner. I think that Thiago would have occupied the Granite Xhaka role perfectly. Personally, it's just my opinion. And I don't think that he necessarily provides the running um, that that we need. I think we've got Odegaard. I think we've got Partey. They provide plenty of dynamism in the midfield. I think that Thiago would have upgraded on Granite Xhaka significantly. Um, so I would have put him into there. But it's just my view. Uh, Man says, question, do you think Kukurea would be a good backup left back for Arsenal? Yes. I wanted to sign him when he was at Hatafe. I wanted to sign him when he was at Abar. I think he's been a fantastically brilliant player coming through from the La Masia Academy. Um absolutely uh, love Kukurea and was really excited when he moved to Brighton because he was moving to the Premier League. Then was very annoyed because he made Tomiyasu look a bit of a mug when we went to the Amex Stadium. Uh, thankfully, we managed to keep Brighton out that day. But yeah, he's a great player. Um, I think he needs to get more consistent, but he's still a young player. He needs to add more assists to his game as well. But as I say, he's got a lot more development to do. I would be very interested in signing him. I like him a lot. He's versatile. can play left back, left mid, left wing. Great player. Absolutely. Um, thanks Ray and you're very welcome mate um, thank you for coming along for the show nice meeting you and uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time but shout out Tom what happens to players that get relegated could we say get Veghorst on a cut price no Veghorst was a six month loan for January Vichal as was Morata as was uh, a number of players that we could have signed Arta uh, from Juventus but I wouldn't have signed them in the summer on permanence I wouldn't have signed them on permanence in January I think that the loan was the only time it was appropriate in the summer, we need to be targeting a much higher caliber of player. Uh, Greg says, Marcel Sabitzer is up for sale for Bayern. Would you take him? I absolutely would. I think that Marcel Sabitzer would be a very good signing for Arsenal to make. I don't think he costs a ridiculous amount of money. He's 28 years of age, brings lots of good experience. I don't think that, that, that really sets us back. He gives you two, three good years of football. He's versatile, central midfield, attacking midfield, wide player. I think he'd be a really good player to add to the squad. If you think that we can upgrade on, say, a, a utility player like Maitland-Niles or Elneny with Sabitzer and add some depth, it makes absolute sense to go for someone like him. So, yeah, absolutely. 
Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. I'm going to go back to bed because um, I'm shattered. I didn't get into one o'clock in the morning uh, last night. Not because it was a, a night of drinking. It wasn't, to be honest. I didn't have loads. It was more so that I managed to miss the train, which was frustrating because I got to um, Leicester Square. Not Leicester Square. Um, where was it? Green Park. And the Victoria Tube was like 10 minutes. So I missed my blooming train. and had to get the last train in the end, which didn't get in until 20 to 1 in the morning. Um, so it's been a... I'm quite tired, <laughs> as you can imagine. So I'm going to go back to bed. I hope you have a fantastic Friday, people. I'll be back this afternoon, I think, for the uh, preview show for tomorrow's game against Manchester United. I'm going to reach out in the Discord server to see who's about and who would like to come on probably about 5, 6 o'clock this afternoon, this evening. Um, enjoy your Friday. Drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed the show. Go watch the show from last night on either. Or you can watch it on both because it's part one and part two on Lee Judges TV and the Highbury Squad. And uh, thank you to everyone again that I saw and thank you to everybody for coming. Uh, even the ones that were shaking their heads at me. <laughs> thank you for coming, guys. Absolute legends. I'll see you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.